This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other hosts or advertisers on the Pet Life Radio Network. The pet food debacle devastating pet parents since November of last year continues with reports coming in each day of dogs and cats sickened or worse, having died from eating dry or wet food from a short list of brand manufacturers. At the top of that list is Purina, a brand who unfortunately has a track record of recalls and sick and deceased pets. You're welcome to the Pet Health Coach on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Jody Teich. Today's episode is solely for the purpose of giving you, the pet parent, the facts about what's going on now with the most up-to-date data we have about this situation. I have with me today Susan Thixton, a fearless, relentless truth seeker for us pet parents who for the past almost 20 years now has been helping pet parents learn the truth about the food they're feeding their pets. Her site, truthaboutpetfood.com, is filled with great detailed information from her deep dive into knowledge of the pet food industry, her, I don't want to say battles, but going up against the FDA when it is on behalf of our pets, and her inside knowledge of what goes on in much of the pet food industry on the market today. Her standards are high because our pets deserve that. I also have today with us Jessica Fisher, a fellow pet health coach and a certified nutritionist for pets. Jessica has been on the front lines too as a data recorder for the rapidly growing Facebook page created around this issue called Saving Pets, One Pet at a Time. Currently, there are over 60,000 members on that page, on, in that group. Uh, pet parents were sharing their stories of pets fallen ill or worse, and those desperate for information about this situation so that they can make informed decisions for their own animals. So we are going to take a short break from our sponsor. We're going to come back with Susan and Jessica. Don't go away. This is a very important uh, show and information from two people on the front lines of this developing story. Grab that healthy beverage, get comfortable, and we'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Health Coach on Pet Life Radio. I'm Jody Teich, your host. We're going to welcome Susan Thixton of Truth About Pet Food, a watchdog site helped to protect pets and pet parents by educating us on pet food, what's in pet food, what's going on behind the scenes of the pet food industry, things that they may not want you to know. Let's also welcome Jessica Fisher, a fellow pet health coach and a nutrition expert for pets, who's monitoring the data coming in on how many pets are getting sick and dying from eating foods from this group of brands. Welcome, Susan. Welcome, Jessica. I wish we were here under happier circumstances, but I'm really appreciative that you've made time to come today to help more parents learn about what's going on. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Sure. Um, so I'd like to start by listing the brands pet parents should be aware of that are cited in these incidents of pets getting sick and some dying after eating their food. Um, they are Purina, Royal Canin, Pure Balance, Merrick, Instinct, and Stella and Chewies. Now, every pet parent has to make their own decisions about their pets. Um, it is my opinion that, you know, until all the information is in, better safe than sorry, uh, maybe take a break from those foods. We will have some foods to suggest um, a little further into the show to help you with maybe some information from trusted sources. Um, but let's start with you, Susan. Can you give listeners uh, an idea, a brief overview of what you can in terms of what's transpired and what we know to date? Well, we have reports of very sick pets and pets that have died. And these reports are directly from the pet owners. Um, the way Purina, no one else, I don't believe, has made any type of statement to my knowledge, but the way Purina is handling this bothers me in that they are calling these reports grieving concerned pet owners, and I'm using their words, as false. And that's so disrespectful. You know, if your pet just died, we don't know. We do not know. We, there is no confirmation at this point if this is a pet food related issue. If it is not a pet food related issue, we are all sitting on the fence together. But to say these reports are false is is just insulting. It's, it's insulting. So I, I did send Purina an email today asking them, telling them that how they're handling this is insulting to pet owners. Uh, and uh, we are asking for their transparency. And I asked them questions like, is the FDA at any of your plants right now? Are you cooperating with the FDA with everything they're asking you? So forth. Whether I get a response to my questions, I don't know. But I did ask them yeah. for transparency. We'll yeah. see what happens. Okay. I'm curious because we do have a fair amount of pet parents on that site, that Facebook group, reporting these incidents. I'm wondering if, and maybe Jessica, you could speak to this as well, the correlation between the foods being fed, the timing of the pets getting sick, is a story developing here that looks like it is food related, even though we don't have proof yet. 
Correct. And that is important to just reiterate that there are no recalls that have been issued and these are allegations. However, they're very concerning allegations from many, many hundreds of pet parents who are very concerned. And it does appear to be very often that they open a new bag and there's refusal to eat the food. And the symptoms, the primary symptoms are bloody diarrhea, vomiting, lethargy, um, of course, refusal to eat the food. And then in some cases, people have also been reporting seizure, uh, seizure activity, and of course, sadly, death, um, which can happen pretty quickly, as I've seen in some of these reports that pet parents have posted. And even though they are allegations, they are very, very serious. And very often, as I, I think I just said, uh, I am seeing pet parents saying they just opened a new bag and this happened. So it does seem to be very much correlated with uh, the food that these pets are eating. Okay. Can you uh, give us a sense? Well, actually, let's, Susan, can you give us a sense historically of how brands like Purina have responded to claims like these over the years? some context on those claims and how they've affected pets and pets, pet parents. I mean, I read some of the comments on your site from the article you recently posted about the issue informing pet parents where things were at. And there were a couple of pet parents or pet parents who knew someone whose pets had gotten sick or died due to tainted food. What generally is the M.O.? brands like Purina and other big brands that have been involved in these types of things in the past? Purina has um, had, we had a similar issue 2015, I believe, uh, with Beneful, which is as well Purina. Um, and there were a lot of sick dogs, there were deaths, FDA investigated and Purina did not fully cooperate. And this is from the FDA website. Here comes my cat up the back of my chair. Um, we love that. It is a pet show. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, sweetheart. Um, from the FDA website, we learned that, that Purina was not cooperative with, they wouldn't even tell the FDA the exact formula all the ingredients that went into the food and at what levels of, of suspect food. To not cooperate with an investigation, that's bad. That's really bad. Um, historically as well, when the wagon train jerky treats, uh, this was from 2007 up through, I think maybe two, 2013 is when they were finally recalled. Um, they um, there were many, many reports of sick pets, pets that had died directly linked to wagon train jerky treats, Purina brand and other brands. And all the way to the very end when the treats were recalled because New York Department of Agriculture found illegal antibiotics in, in the treats, um, Purina adamantly said they and they did not recall they withdrew them from the marketplace other brands recall purina did not 
uh, and Purina said in their withdrawal notice, these treats are still safe to feed. So they went down fighting. Um, I do think this is strange how adamantly and strongly Purina is even trying to solicit veterinarians to come to their defense in this. They sent out a notice to veterinarians saying, in essence, tell your clients that, that our foods are safe. Um, one of their notices said they did, they perform more than 100,000 tests every year on pet food. Well, they, they had a recall um, in 2023 for excess vitamin D in a prescription pet food. How did that fly under their $100,000 test radar? You know, uh, everyone does make mistakes, but I do think it's, it's very just perplexing as to why they are fighting this fighting against this so strongly. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is nothing new, as you well know, in terms of major brands. I mean, one of the interviews that you and I did, you told me a story about the woman whose dogs, was it New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve? Was giving she was giving them canned food special treat five dog little dogs. Tell tell us that story because this is a perfect example of what it took to get some justice for tragedy. And we wouldn't we would have never gotten the justice. Um, this pet owner um, fed her dogs what she thought because of what was mentioned on the the pet food website. Uh, was a human grade pet food. And, and she did it New Year's Eve for a treat. And within minutes of eating the food, all five of the little dogs started staggering around, uh, falling over. She scooped them all up, took them to the emergency clinic. Uh, one of the little dogs, her name was Tallulah, died. Um, this pet owner sent Tallulah off for a necropsy. And the scientists performing the necropsy saw undigested pet food in Tallulah's stomach, and he tested the pet food, and they found the drug penobarbital, which is the drug used to euthanize animals. They found that drug in the pet food. So that meant the pet food contained a euthanized animal. That did force a recall. The company was denying accountability until those lab results came, came forward. From there, um, a journalist in Washington, D.C. heard this story, spoke with this pet owner, and she decided she'd test some pet food for pentobarbital. And of 62, 63 cans, eight or nine of the cans came back positive for pentobarbital. I think there's been 92 million pounds of pet food that those two recalls, the first one and the very large second one was, was more than 92 million pounds of pet food that contained a euthanized animal. Wow. So things can go south in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. Yeah, but how prescient of this pet owner to decide that she is going to look deeper. If she had not had we her... Need them. 
That's yes. right. We need yes. that. And I know it's difficult if, if your pet died and you have to make that decision to send it off for a necropsy, plus the expense of it. That's not a cheap thing to do. But if, if you're in this horrible situation, you very easily, those two women, the journalist and the pet owner, those two, not FDA, not State Department of Agriculture, those two people got 92 million pounds of pet food, dangerous pet food, off of store shelves. So that's where, where pet owners are empowered, even in your worst days, to do that necropsy, hold on to that pet food, don't send it back to the manufacturer, do report it to the manufacturer, but don't send it back. Don't send it back to Chewy. Don't send it back to, don't take it back to the pet store. Hold on to it because it could save countless other lives. Absolutely. And you made a comparison or a connection of how the size of that recall would look on a U.S. map. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. If you laid the cans, the cans. end to end, yeah. they would have, it was that many cans. That's good memory. They would have <laughs> went from, from Key West, Florida to Los Angeles, California to Washington, D.C. That's how many can. Pretty yeah. incredible. And, and crazy me, I figured all that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you're nothing if not dedicated, to... <laughs> Susan. <laughs> Jessica, based on the latest data that you have gotten from Saving Pets One Pet at a Time, where do things stand on how many dogs and cats have gotten sick and how many have tragically died um, seemingly after eating food from these brands? And what does it look like regarding which most are getting sick from? Do you have any of that kind of data? So the last numbers, and of course, everybody in this group is all of the moderators. There are um, veterinarian moderators. Everybody's volunteer. So everybody's working as quickly as they can and trying to, the number one priority is to help the pet parents who have sick animals. So the data processing is kind of secondary to that. And, and this group was actually created way back in, I want to say 2019, um, by a woman who, and she's very vocal in the group about what happened. Her dog passed away two weeks before the recall came out from Hills in 2019 from, from eating the, the food. I believe it was excess vitamin D if I'm, I'm it sure was. you know, Susan. <laughs> yeah, and, it was. Um, so she is very, very passionate and all of the moderators are very, very passionate. So the data is a little slow to come in. I do know currently it is, um, between the survey that Dr. Judy Morgan has available for pet parents to take and um, just reports in the group from pet parents, it's well over 700 dogs and well over 200 cats. So this is not just a dog food issue. This is both dog and cat food. And there's a good person. I think I just saw somebody say when they went back through the numbers, it was like over 
I almost don't want to say this, but it was like close to 15% of people were saying that their pet has died. And that's not necessarily in the survey data, but mm -hmm. in the Facebook group itself. So um, it is important to make that distinction because I think, you know, we, we want to take the survey data as a primary source, but then not discount the information that pet parents are posting in the group. And, and there may be some pet parents who are just so distraught, they, they don't know which end is up to even, you know, find the link to go take the survey. And, and so it's important to, to honor those people and what they are reporting in, in the group. But it is a significant amount. And this is information that I think they just started putting the numbers together in December. Um, so a very short period of time, way too many animals. And the reason that Purina has been named, was the first one to be named is because the only factor that could be found similar in all of these pets initially was that they were eating some form of Purina food, whether that's a dog or a cat. And they have so many different lines of food and different recipes and formulas that it's spanning so many different recipes and formulas that it's like, it's just so much easier to just say Purina, sadly. Got you. I got you. Um, this is a very left field question for you because, you know, we're not veterinarians, none of us. And Susan, if you have any information of this, please, on this, please feel free to weigh in. From what you're seeing from wonderful holistic veterinarians like Dr. Judy and others who may be volunteering their time, are you seeing any advice given by Dr. Judy or other veterinarians of what to do when you first notice these signs to maybe somehow have a chance of heading this thing off before something truly tragic? I think the primary thing that you can do outside of please take your pet to the veterinarian if they are sick, like that is the number one thing. Sometimes do. you don't even have time to get there if it's so quick acting, right? So yeah, it is. And and outside of that, immediately switching the food, not waiting for something to happen and, yes, and switching absolutely. to a different food. Because we just don't know what any any anybody that says that we know what this is, is just complete speculation at this point. Um, there are tests being done to try to find out what this is. Um, and Dr. Judy Morgan is the one spearheading that. And my understanding is she is paying out of pocket to try to figure this out uh, simply because she cares that much. And so until we get test results back, we just don't know what it is. We can speculate, but um, yeah, there, it really is sad. And, I, and it is a very individualized thing, right? Like what is going to happen to these animals if they do eat tainted food? I think that, and you well know this, Jody, is because we just, it, it, it can be so, it can vary so much because how healthy is that animal to begin with? Immune system. How young are they? Right? Yes. I've, seen, I've yes. seen puppies passing away. They're so young. Like, have they even had time for their immune system to completely exactly. develop? Like, there's so many factors um, as to, is this going to make their tummy upset? Is it going to cause vomiting and diarrhea or is it gonna something worse be so much yeah something so much worse yes and it is very very individual because it depends on the state of their immune system and how it affects that animal but 
Yeah, I, it's wonderful to hear that Dr. Judy is spearheading this so we can get some concrete information on what is in these foods that are linking them all to potentially outcomes like this. And I look forward to hearing them um, because then maybe there's some advice from veterinarians on what to do in the moment and pet parents can have that handy so that they can react swiftly. Okay, we're going to take a short break from our sponsor, but when we return, we're going to have some feeding options that are healthy from trustworthy brands for you and a very affordable way for you to get a list of foods vetted by Susan herself. So refill that healthy beverage, get cozy, and we'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back. If you've just joined, you're listening to The Pet Health Coach on Pet Life Radio. I am Jody Teich, your host, and we're here today with Susan Thixton and Jessica Fisher, and we're all talking about this food debacle, uh, making pets sick. We think making pets sick, some have died. What do you as a pet parent need to know? I'm going to list the brands again for those just joining so that you can pause on feeding your animals these brands that are safe than sorry until we know more. They are Purina, and they can be all different brands under the Purina banner. Uh, Royal Canin, Pure Balance, Merrick, Instinct, Stella and Chewy's. So if you're currently feeding any of those to your dog or cat, please know that at this point, about 700 dogs and 200 cats have gotten sick and many have died very, very tragically. And it seems like it's happening after eating food from these brands. So we're back with Susan and Jessica. What I'd like to do is I'd like to be able to send pet parents away with a couple of options that they can turn to to feed their animals if they have been feeding food from one of these brands. So, Jessica, I know that you have a couple of brands that you recommend as a pet health coach. I know I do as well. Will you share with listeners maybe a raw and maybe a gently dried for people who want the convenience of something in a bag that doesn't need to be 
frozen or refrigerated that you think are are good or you might feel comfortable recommending? Absolutely. And I know I know you're going to mention Susan's list here in a moment. That's an yes, excellent I resource. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but for for me, for my list, the brands that I trust are generally they're small. They're small companies that pride themselves on transparency. If at all possible, if we can avoid any synthetic vitamins and minerals, that's wonderful. That's my go-to. Uh, so if we're looking for something dry in a bag, I'm my go-to is a freeze-dried, freeze-dried raw. Green Juju is at the top of my list. Small Batch has a great freeze-dried option as well. Um, but if we can do something out of the freezer section, something that is gently cooked or something that is completely raw. A small batch also has gently cooked options in the freezer section, which are wonderful. All Provide has some really great recipes, some that are raw, ready to cook, and some that are already cooked. Goodness Gracious is another one at the top of my list with no synthetics. It's a gently cooked formula. And then if I'm looking at raw, again, small batch, they have a completely raw formula. Viva Raw also has no synthetic vitamins and minerals added. So that's uh, that's my list, but I know Susan yeah, has no, more. <laughs> thank you. Um, no, that's wonderful. I do want to um, let pet parents know why we steer away from synthetic vitamins and minerals. Um, when you have any dry food, um, the process to make it kibble or dry food is high heat that kills not only live enzymes, which are really important in assimilating all the nutrients through the small intestine into the body, but also all the vitamins and minerals in that food. And so in order to comply with AFCO reg reg regulations here in America, they have to add vitamins and minerals and they're synthetic. And the trouble with that is that synthetic vitamins and minerals um, do not they're not as bioavailable, and in many cases, they actually cause inflammation in your pet's body. And we know after many, many studies and many, many years that chronic inflammation for both our pets and us is where disease begins. Chronic inflammation creates disease if it remains chronic. So that's why we want to do our best to avoid those synthetic vitamins and minerals. Jessica, you have anything you want to add to that as a fellow coach? Yeah, I did because of what we're talking about. And I know Susan can attest to this as well, that it that the synthetic vitamins and minerals, especially the ones these big pet food manufacturers use, um, they we call them premixes or vitamin packs. And that's kind of low-hanging fruit for things to go wrong. So they are supposed to have, a, you know, the vitamins and minerals are supposed to be balanced in a very specific way to meet AFCO standards for whether it's a cat or whether it's a dog. And uh, my understanding, and again, Susan can probably speak to this a little bit better than I can, is that when these companies get these premixes in, they're supposed to test them to make sure they are what they say they are. And then once they use them in the food, they're supposed to test the end result of that food or feed product and again make sure it is what it says it is and so many of these recalls that we've seen in the past are because 
something was wrong in these premixes, whether it's an excess vitamin D or, or something else. And, um, it, you know, we also have other veterinarians right now who are talking about the synthetic uh, form, which is chelated copper and how, you know, AFCO doesn't have the maximum on that. And so there's a lot of issues with pets and excess copper because of that as well. And it's the synthetic form of copper that's causing these issues. So, you know, in a perfect world, we want to avoid the synthetics just because they're not as good. They're not as healthy. A lot of them aren't as bioavailable. But in the world we live in, we're all, you know, these recalls and, and you know, hopefully we will see a recall on this particular case. The premix, the vitamin pack is kind of that low hanging fruit for very easily something to go wrong. Yeah. Susan, you want to add to that based on all that you know from your deep dive into what goes on in the making of pet food? Well, the, the premix is added to meet the AFCO nutrient profile and the nutrient profile is there because those are the required nutrients of a cat or of a dog. Okay. Complete and balanced. They, before they can make that claim on their label, complete and balanced, uh, they need to meet the AFCO nutrient profiles or to have performed a feeding trial, a glorified, but not really that big of a deal feeding trial. So, I do think they are low-hanging fruit. I, I agree with you. However, um, for many pet owners who cannot afford um, a higher quality food, that's all food, no supplements, and the premix makes it a lot easier, a lot less expensive, then it boils back to how much testing does this company do? They are required to have good manufacturing, a written safety protocol, good manufacturing practices, um, but they don't always follow it. Um, Hills, when they have their excess vitamin D, right there in their good manufacturing standards, it said to get a certificate of analysis and to make sure, to, to test, to validate uh, that the supplements, the premixes coming in are what they say they are. Hills didn't do that. Um, so you, you look at a company history, if you want to trust a company, everyone can make mistakes, okay? No one is perfect and we can all make mistakes, but that's a really big mistake for a company that's been in business for many, many years. Uh, they should know better than that. It's asleep at the wheel. Yeah. And, and, and um, they, from talking to people who work in pet food manufacturing facilities, not the suits, I'm talking the people in the plant the that floor. are actually making the pet food, they often will feel like the company is just pushing them, do whatever, do whatever, just keep the line going. Oh, that load of grain looked like it might contain, you know, some mycotoxins. We didn't fully test that lot. Use it anyway. We got to keep the line going. Keep it moving. They, yeah, they don't like to stop. So um, I, I always ask companies, what kind of testing do you do on incoming ingredients and on finished product? For small companies, I like small companies too. And for small companies, that's, that's a big expense. Testing is not cheap. 
So these big companies, they have the means to do a lot of testing. But I can tell you again from speaking with the people who are in the plant making the pet food and have spoken with Purina employees and have spoken with Mars employees, and it'll make the little hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Um, they don't do what they should do um, in, in many instances, all, all of them, okay, all of them. Um, and for smaller companies, it's very difficult to afford to do all of it, but you do want, this is your pet's life that you are trusting with this food. You're trusting their life. And do you, is this company dotting as crossing T's, you know, if they can't afford the testing, are they getting certificates of analysis from on each incoming ingredient? Do they intermittently double check that certificate of analysis, test the product independently, test the ingredient independently to validate the certificate of analysis? If companies don't make steps like that, my, my joke, and it's not really a joke, is go make flip-flops. Don't make pet food that that someone's love animal who who is, you know, their best friend. Um, don't don't make a food. Go make flip-flops. Unless you can do it right, don't do it. Absolutely. It is both heartbreaking and chilling to hear that the companies that have deep pockets don't even do the basic things to ensure the safety of our animals and that they do have the philosophy as if you're making flip-flops, keep the assembly line going, guys, you know? Well, you notice that Purina, that was one of the questions I asked them have you done any additional testing? And if so, are you going to make those results public? If, if they're so confident that their food is safe, well then let, let's see your test results. Let's, they won't even provide a full nutritional profile. If we ask for recent testing, a full nutritional profile, they won't provide it. Okay, yeah. well, I'm sorry. You What's wrong want with that my trust? in your product to feed your animal, yet you don't trust me enough to provide me with transparency. Doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah. A lot to think about pet parents, but first step is better safe than sorry. And, you know, get your pets off of those foods, at least for now, until we know more. And once again, Purina, Royal Canin, Pure Balance, Merrick, Instinct, and Stella and Chewies. I want to leave with this um, for a complete list of totally vetted foods by Susan Thixton herself. Uh, something she does for us every year. You can go to truthaboutpetfood.com and you can purchase that list for $10. That money goes towards Susan keeping that site running for us. And it's a very, very small price to pay for the kind of information, very valuable information that you'll find on that site. Go to that and site. And going to regulatory meetings, it gets me oh, to regulatory meetings, which I'm going to next week. 
The next one is, is next week. There you go. Susan is in with the FDA and all those meetings where they don't want her, but we need her to be. So go to truthaboutpetfood.com. You can buy a list of a complete list of all different kinds of foods that Susan has vetted for 2020. Is it still the 23 list or you have a 24 list as yet? This or? is 24. 24. Oh, she's on it. Final <laughs> thoughts. Final thoughts, Susan. We'll go to you. I think we need the FDA to, to update pet owners. This has gone on for long enough. We need to know how many complaints have, have been filed with the FDA and what they're doing. They don't have to compromise their investigation, but they do need to alert pet owners to what's going on, what they're seeing. We need to know. Agreed. Final thoughts, Jessica. I just hope that anybody listening, uh, regardless of the food you're feeding, whether it's on this list or not, um, that we all take this as an opportunity to learn more and become, you know, just become a little bit more educated on what it is that we're putting in our pets' bodies and hopefully take this opportunity to improve the quality of nutrition that we're giving our pets. Perfect. Perfect. I resoundingly agree with that. You can find Susan Thixton and all of her incredible information about nutrition on truthaboutpetfood.com. Jessica, where can people find you? The Pet Parenting Reset podcast is going to be the best place. Perfect. And is that the Pet Parenting Reset.com. Okay, great. Thank you both so much for taking the time to be here. This information can't be shared wide enough, far enough. We need all of our pet parents to know what's going on so that they can make informed decisions. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. As a pet health coach, my mission is to share holistic health options for pets and their parents seeking a natural approach to wellness. So tune in next time for information, expert interviews, and tips to give the animals we love the longest and most vibrant life we can. I'm Jody Teich, and this is The Pet Health Coach. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other hosts or advertisers on the Pet Life Radio Network.